Welcome to episode 7 of the CSMFC podcast. With 2019 in the rearview mirror, we have decided to start the new decade with a new identity. Drawing on inspiration from Young Benora's favorite club's form last year, we shall now be known as the Relegation Zone. With league pay reaching the midway point, who looks best poised to earn some silverware this spring? It's January and you know what that means. Many clubs will be looking to splash that cash. With some major moves already in the books, who do the lads feel have made some smart business? And finally, what young star do we believe will dominate this upcoming decade? Without further ado, let's begin. As always, I'm your host, Kurt Black, joined by the greatest collection of overly opinionated gentlemen I could find. First off, Mr. Josh Piercy, you've escaped Newfoundland, you avoided Snowmageddon, how are you, my friend? Yes, sir. I'm excellent. Yeah, back home right now, they got two and a half feet of snow after 130 kilometer winds. Of course, I'm not a weatherman, but I am a lucky man to be in Toronto with the likes Ooh. of you guys. Wow. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, always an honor. Uh, Such, obviously someone's listened to our podcast because Barcelona finally listened to you and they got rid of Valverde. Yes. I don't yes. even have to ask you. Yes. You're, you're fantastic, yes. aren't you? I am happy. I am the happiest guy in the world, especially guys, uh, listen to my new show, Tintito TV, on Instagram. I'm over 500 views, so I'm doing fantastic. Life couldn't be better at all. Yeah, does that get you shorties? Oh, it does get me shorties. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and last but not least, the mind behind the glass Mr. Benora, I know you're doing well as well, because AC Milan actually doesn't suck right now. Yeah, they're playing very good, but uh, we're here to talk about some other stuff, not Milan today. How are you doing, Ooh. Kurt? Well, you know, uh, everything's right in the world now. Juve is back where they belong, uh, on top yeah. of the Serie A table. We got no ADB talking trash. <laughs> Everything is beautiful. I love it. I'm just happy to be back with you lads today. Wow, that was incredible. Thank you. No problem. So I guess I pretty much led into it. Juve's, we were talking about silverware, who's poised to do well. Juve's leading the way in Serie A. They finally are above Inter Milan. It was a great game on the weekend. Did anybody catch that, or am I the only biased person watching the Juve game? You're the only biased person watching the Juve. I watched a bit of it. I hate Ronaldo's man bun, though. (laughs) Thank you. I'm in the ether. You know, I'm in the ether. I see all things. Oh, Jesus. You're like a philosopher. (laughs) (laughs) Was the coffee good? (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. But yeah, tell us more about the game, Kurt. It was a great game. You know, it wasn't as scary as the game the week before when they faced Roma and they got off that 2-0 lead and then everything just avalanched towards our net. I was really happy. There was a couple guys this week that really stood out for Juve, mainly Mateus DeLitt who Benora has taken every opportunity to tell me how bad he's been this year. He had his best game of the season, by far. I never said he was bad, but I did say that he was struggling to adapt to Serie A, which is definitely a better league. But he has improved as of late. I'll give him that. And I, 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 I'll take the loss on that one because every every player takes some time to adjust to every league. No one's perfect. And he's young. He's only 19. Yeah, he's my age, so what do you expect from the kid? It would take me probably 10 years to adapt to the Syria. <laughs> and by then, I'd probably still just be a reserve player. <laughs> yeah, it, it took you long enough just to adjust to coming to the school. Oh, so. Jesus. Thanks for coming up, Benoit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get too excited or too ahead of myself. Uh, it's just, it's just one, one game. game. Exactly. It is Parma at yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. um, but he was a brick wall. Like He didn't let any transition offense get going. He would stop it right at half. Another guy... Uh, Rabio was fantastic. Like he yeah. wasn't frustrating me. 
this game. He was actually controlling the play defensively. He was brilliant. But I'm, a, I'm a happy guy. All, all these games for Delit is are just training games for Barcelona. Oh, I'm brutal! Putting that out there. I'm glad you talked about Rabio <laughs> though. I think Rabio goes. He flies under the radar a lot of the time. <laughs> the, the, he's too inconsistent. Rabio, yeah. Rabio, yeah. he, yeah. he does. But, he does a lot of work that doesn't show up on the, the statue. Sheet? On the statue, yeah. yeah. It's like De Rossi, just an absolute animal out there. But well, different I wouldn't breed. say. Yeah, yeah different breed. In... But you know what I mean. That guy works his butt off, and it all pays off in that first team. And I think it's still, as we said about Delay, it's an adjustment period. He's coming from yeah. the French league, yeah. where it's not no. as defensive and physical. I would well, say from the Dutch league. Yeah. From the Dutch league. Yeah, Dutch league. Well, I was talking about Rabio. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We Sorry. all over the place. They're yeah. both, yeah, not we're all the over place. the place. But yeah, that was fantastic. Um, speaking of the team in second place, Inter. I know ADB isn't here to defend himself, but man, they're dropping points everywhere. Yeah. They got a hole in their pocket. And well, it seems like now Conte can't really complain about the depth of his team. Like, yeah. how many players? He's getting players left, right, and center in his transfer. Did they just sign Moses from yes, he Chelsea? Yes, did sign Moses. But... I think that's an underrated signing. Moses yeah. shined under Conte at Chelsea in his exact same system. I don't think he'll do as good. Obviously, he's a little bit older, but I feel for ten million, you can't go wrong for signing a veteran player like Victor Moses. Well, you can't get ahead of ourselves. This is a guy that relied solely on pace for the years that he was yeah, good. That is and he's true. twenty nine now. He's kind of getting. I think I none. I don't know what Inter is doing. They're signing a bunch of like Ashley Young, Victor Moses. Yeah, that the was Ash- the best one. The <laughs> Ashley Young one is really weird. I get Victor Moses because former Chelsea player under Conte shine there. Yeah, but Ashley Young. Well, I just but, don't understand why you signed both. Yeah, and, because they sim- they play similar roles. Yeah, and uh, I know um, D'Ambrosio. Um, damn, it's Ambrosio. No, it's not Ambrosio. I'm thinking about our teacher here. Um, oh, the right back, the Italian right back. I forget uh, his name. Ambrosio. Am I saying D'Ambrosio? No. Yeah. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what their plan is for him because he's been pretty solid this season for Inter. But signing the right, the wing backs that they are right now, there's got to be something going on there. Mm-hmm. And they try to sign Spinazzola from Roma for Matteo Palatano, but that collapse. So you got really that really gets you thinking: is something going on, D'Ambrosio? There, that's it, D'Ambrosio. But um, third time's charm. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> but uh, no, it it gets you thinking. And if I'm D'Ambrosio, I'm thinking to myself: like, why are they signing all these guys? I've been performing well all season. Yeah. And is my spot in this team like at jeopardy? Could be. Who knows? Well, if you're scared of uh, if you're scared of those Ashley, two yeah. signings, um, that might say something about your career. That's true. <laughs> but we'll get to the transfer talk. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. We got that coming. Josh's favorite. All segment. right, let's move uh, to La Liga, and you know who's gonna break that down. Ooh, it's your favorite man, Justin Sosa. Anyways, um, uh, La Liga was there was a lot of upsets actually. Like it was it was a very interesting week. Um. Mallorca, who is close to relegation zone, just slapped and mopped the floor with Valencia, beating them 4-1, to one, which was insane. Espanyol, who's also in the relegation zone, is also uh, also got a win against Villarreal, which is pretty interesting. Celta de Vigo, who's also in the relegation zone, um, tied with uh, an impressive team from Athletic Bilbao. That was pretty cool. Real Betis also upset Real Sociedad, so this was a weekend of upsets. And another one was Abar upset Atletico Madrid two to nothing, which was a pretty good game. Um, Osasuna Valladolid, eh, it's just another game zero zero. Alaves beat Levante one nothing, and then we gotta talk a little bit about VAR, like Real Madrid versus Sevilla. Real Madrid won two to one. 
Um, there was a game where it was a typical play where the player runs around the defender and they use that defender as a screen, but then they they analyzed the goal on VAR and they said, no, it was obstruction, and then they called the no goal, which would have been the tying goal. Actually, no, it would have been them winning that game. It they would have been winning one nothing at that point. But I, I don't know. I don't really like that, how the fact that, you know, like VAR is coming down to... Um, like all these typical plays that they've done before and the plays that every team does in every league around the world. And now they're just saying, you know what? No, that's not going to count. And I think that's the one of the dumbest things ever. Like, come on, like, just let them play, honestly. Yeah, well, the funny thing about VAR now especially is we're getting into that zone where we're seeing a lot of goals that are called back mm-hmm. on, uh, on, on plays that are leading up to a goal, um, which is it's always kind of gets sketchy. Where does a play begin and end? Is that a lights out here? What was up with that? Oh. Um, Ray screaming in the hallway right now. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to calls on, say, like a handball in the box or yeah. like an obvious foul right when a goal is happening, so if someone hits the goalie or something like that, mm-hmm. we can be more certain about if VAR is doing its job or not. But yeah. then when it comes to these kind of leading up plays and kind of plays where there's a bit of lee room as yeah. far as then, uh, what the rule is. Yeah, and the rules are also becoming like so technical, right? It's not like how it used to be. Like like now it's like even if your toe's outside, like, technically you're offside, but is that really an advantage over, like, the opposing defender? Right, that's a good point. You know what I mean? And it's, like, also with that obstruction play, right? Like, everyone everyone runs that play. Like, it's one of the most, like, famous plays in soccer, right? It's, like, a basketball play. Like, you run around a defender, it sets a screen, leaves you wide open, right? But it's, like, is that really a foul? It's just, it's just a regular play, which I don't understand why they keep calling, like, these technicalities in essence. Right. But, yeah. And then there was also the Barca game, which I enjoyed. Um... New boy, hey? Yeah, new team, you know, like under Kike Setien, and it just really shows how this team is improving. There was a lot to work on, like the finishing, obviously, like the only one won nothing, but, you know, that's normal. It's a and, W, baby. Yeah, uh, Kike Setien, um, <laughs> oh my God, where do I start? Um, the team started off having 82% of possession, which is the third most since Guardiola has stepped down as manager, which I think is insane. That's um, an impressive stat. That's an impressive stat. Thank you very much. I did my research. Um, they also completed over a thousand passes. Some say some say nine hundred, but it's so many passes that you lost count. That's how much passes there were. But they at least attempted a hundred passes. Busquets looks rejuvenated. Um, he completed more passes than the whole Granada squad, which is insane. Like, he completed 93% of his passes. He only messed up 11 passes, if I'm not mistaken, and he completed 145. Um, is looking like a new defender. I was kind of iffy. I was like, why did he put Umtiti over Langlet? But, hey, he's the manager, not me, and Umtiti looked great. Um, yeah, rookie Puig, you know, La Masia guy. And I like how Kike Setien's, like, backing up his talk. Like, he's like, you know what, I'm going to... I'm gonna be reju- I'm gonna rejuvenate the squad. I want the team to play well, and the team did play well. And he's like, I'm gonna trust the B squad if they're ready, and he did. Like Ricky Puig looked like, like he told him too. He's like, don't lose the ball, be aggressive, and that's exactly what he did. Like he won the ball back, and because he won the ball back at a high, high level, because they were pressing super high, he won it around the 18 yard box of the other team, and then they got the goal because of it, and it was a beautiful play. But yeah, the team's looking really good. Right, I think everything that you're saying, everything that I'm hearing that you're saying right now kind of sounds like Barcelona. Yeah, it does. Like Passing. Yeah, and using it's like, your academy. Yeah, like using our academy, like stuff we've been known for. Possession like, football. Exactly, possession football, high pressing. You're bringing somebody in who is 
acutely aware of the culture of Barcelona. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, thank you, Abadal, right? Because it wasn't Bartomeu who made the signing and like, yeah, let's get this Kike Setien guy. No, it was Eric Abadal who said, you know what, this guy, you know, and I love that because, I don't know, I think once Bartomeu is gone from the squad, I think our problems are fully going to be solved. But mm-hmm. until then, like, there's still that problem lingering. And the thing I like about Setien too, he's like, they were talking about the transfer talks and he's like, you know what, I'm going to lay back analyze what I have and then make a decision like he's not trying to rush anything like he's really trying to see and he was also at the Barca B games like you mm-hmm. know what I mean Valverde never did that he's at the Barca B games and really fully involved with the team which I love do you think about Setien that kind of scares me about how uh, the fans are going to react to him it, it's, Setien kind of seemed like the third choice like mm-hmm. if Barcelona had a choice it, it, it wouldn't yeah. have been him I agree that's why I didn't like how they handled the whole situation with Valverde like doing everything publicly yeah. I think they should have done it behind doors and it would have made easier it would have made more sense and then no one would know that Kike Setien's the third choice manager right everyone would be like okay he's the first choice probably yeah. and that's it right I but, would like to see the WhatsApp conversation between uh, <laughs> the Barcelona hierarchy and uh, Mauricio Pochettino yeah. See what kind of contract they offered him. What yeah, kind of contract honestly. he said no to. That's the guy you would have wanted, really. Yeah, I guess. I mean, everyone wanted like everyone wanted Xavi, but I think Xavi's too early. That was the other one, right? Xavi, yeah. I think Xavi's too early. People also wanted Ronald Coleman, but Ronald Coleman said no. You know, I want to see how that plays out with Holland, which I kind of agree because it was a whole project. Because after remember, Holland didn't make the World Cup last year, like the last time. Yeah, I think right? Ronald Coleman would have been such a stupid hire. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Because what has he proved? Yeah, yeah, realistically, nothing. I honestly, it's like the Catuzo hire yeah. at Napoli. It's like like he literally ran Everton into the ground. Yeah, yeah. And it's like if you think about it, like I'm kind of happy. Like everyone kind of rejected it because I feel like Kike Setien's like a fit that no one saw until he was hired. Right, because I knew of him, but I completely forgot about him being a manager and like yeah. the type of style. But then I remember I was like, oh, like this is the guy with Raul Betis who beat us four three at our own stadium, and he also beat Real Madrid at their own stadium, right? And all of his teams, he doesn't have the accolades, but all his teams have overachieved of what they were of their expectations. You know yeah. what? That all sounds amazing. Yeah. Like that they play that way. Yeah, I love watching Barca play. When they play their style, it all sounds incredible. I'm gonna be the devil's advocate here. <laughs> But it's a small sample size. Oh, it's one 100%. game. And 100%. I think one of Barca's main problems this year is just inconsistency. Well, yeah. in the past couple of years, really, is inconsistency. Yeah. They'll always have one game like this, but then they'll go down and just start playing it's, trash again, but then come back up. It, it was just a problem with the levels they were playing at. So I'm hoping for the best because I love watching Barca. To me, yeah, to me, it's not just one game, though. To me, it's more like they play well at home and then away they flop. You know what I mean? So I feel like. So you think away on, think, on the road is yeah, their problem? Yeah, I think that's what on the road is their problem. Like, look at the games against Liverpool. Look at the games against um, Atletico Madrid. They were playing at a neutral site. Look at the games against Ro- uh, Roma. That was also away when they blew that lead. The game against Granada, they lost 2 nothing earlier. That was away at Granada, right? So I think the problem is more not them being inconsistent. It's more of them keeping their form away on the road. So that's yeah, fair enough. So let's hope he can do that. And but, I will say this. I think as a manager at a tenure at a club, your two most important games are your first one and your last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. important to come out and get a win in your first game, and he did it. Yeah. Whether it was against a good club or not. Exactly, right? Granada's not the worst club. Like, let's remember, they were leading the league in the first first few weeks of oh, the let's, season. Let's slow down about that. <laughs> I'm not saying they're the great team, but they're a solid team. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I yeah, we'll see how it goes. Now, before we shift... To the Prem. I saw something on the weekend that I kind of want to discuss you, with you guys, and it, it is La Liga focused. Yeah. In Real Madrid's game, Marcelo was subbed off oh, well, yeah. due to 
outrageous booing from yeah. his home supporters. So bad that he was crying in the dugout. And and it's a sad thing to say. Like, it's a sad thing because it's if you think about it, it's starting to become a trend. Like, it happened with Ronaldo. Happened, Real's always been like that. It happened with Casillas. Like, Casillas didn't even get his formal farewell. Like, Dude, it was, was disgusting yeah, how they like, treated Casillas. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how, like, no disrespect to Real Madrid fans. Like, I know some of them have good, like, will in the heart. But, like, how do you stand for this, honestly? John, I've said it on the podcast before, and I'll say again. Real Madrid, fran- uh, Real Madrid fans are heartless, man. Yeah. They're spoiled. They just want They're- to win. They mm-hmm. don't care what you do. Yeah. They don't care who you are. If honestly. you're not winning... They will boo you and they will make you cry like they did to Marcelo. And look how much that guy's done for the club. And you even seen the Casillas thing. Dude, that was disgusting what they did to him. Are you kidding me right now? They just shipped him out to Portugal. Like, (laughs) Like, I'm I'm pretty sure Pepe Renna got a better farewell from AC Milan, a team he was a backup at. Yeah. Then Casillas did at Real Madrid, Honestly. a team he just a, Yo, a legend at, a um, legend. An, another thing too is like Kaylor Navas, like Kaylor Navas was stellar and everything for Real Madrid. And then what was the point of like the only position they didn't need to work on the time when they buy Courtois was goalkeeper. And what do they do? They buy a goalkeeper. Like that didn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like they had to replace Ronaldo, but they're like, you know what? Let's go buy a goalkeeper, which. Personally, I don't understand. Yeah, they are the Galacticos. I mean, you kind of do need to buy a big name. I suppose yeah. they didn't think Navas was quite a big enough name. I guess, but... I in mean, spite of him, he was having great, three yeah, and yeah. But I think the problem with these bigger clubs, especially when it comes to transfers now, that the prices are so inflated... Oh, yeah. ...that they... It's the name effect. Yeah, they're starting to afford, like, realize we can't afford those big names anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a struggle for us. Can you look... What was their big signing last year, Real Madrid? Luka Jovic was one of them. Uh, Eden Hazard. Hazard is a big one. Yeah. Who? Eden Hazard. Hazard. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Hazard, I completely forgot. Yeah. But how much was Hazard? A hundred and something mil. And look yeah. at what he's done. He yeah. hasn't done much. Yeah. At all. He hasn't done anything. Neither has Jovic. Other than gain weight. Jo- jo- Jovic has been yeah. a little, has had the injury bug a little too. Yeah, be but fair. He's, been, he's been playing well lately. I, I'll give him that. But he didn't have the greatest of starts. But Jovic but. is one of those strikers. Bundesliga is such a risky buy, man. Yeah. To buy from. Because it's one of those leagues. Like, it's all attackers and I would say not the best defending all around mm-hmm. in that league. I agree. So buying attackers from there is one of the riskiest things you could do. Like, look yeah. at Nabry. He yeah. didn't do great at. Arsenal, but he's flourishing at uh, Bayern. Yeah, all I'll say, Mar- Mar- Marcelo, if you're listening, we would desperately love you in Turin. For <laughs> you'd be welcome any day of the week. That seems like a not actually a realistic move, actually. Yeah. Anyway, we're good. On to the Prem, where Mr. Piercy, <laughs> his heart's there, but it's bleeding. Well, it's okay. This is kind of a weird season for the Premier League, anyway. I mean, it's wrapped up already, realistically. Um, uh, Liverpool sitting up top, two games in hand, and whether or not Man City or Liverpool, or sorry, uh, Leicester want to get their act together, it doesn't really matter. I think it's too much a, it's a too big of a hill to climb. Honestly. So the questions in the Premier League really come down to who's going to make the top four uh, and who's going to get relegated. Of course, today we had a game between Arsenal and Chelsea uh, tied 2-2. Two to two. Now we had a red card from David Luiz early in the game off a horrible, just completely lapse of responsibility from Mustafi. This guy, I don't know <laughs> how he's still getting paid to be a defender. I wouldn't pay him to be a dishwasher. I don't understand. Oh, wow. Um, horrible. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> and uh, up to this point, I mean, of course they signed a new uh, coach. Of mm-hmm. course, Arteta just came in and people are all like, oh, they're riding the ship in Arsenal. I mean, a 2-2 tie against Chelsea is not too bad, but they haven't brought in any defenders. They're still playing yeah. Mustafi and David Luiz at the back. You got Rob Holding. 
uh, he's decent, and if Socrates. he comes back and he and he can get yes, yeah, so Socrates Papadopoulos. They haven't got a single uh, good defender in their yeah. entire team, and it's shocking. They're playing Bakary Sacco, of course, at left back. Kids like 18 years old. I don't, yeah. He can't doesn't quite. Of course, Kieran Tierney is coming to the squad and has had a bit of a bit of an injury issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, one good guy on Arsenal, I will say, is Martinelli. Of course, he got a goal today. Uh, 18 years old. He's got 13 goal or sorry, three goals in the Premier League. I think he's got 13 starts or 13 games. Uh, not not, not all starts, of course. Uh, and he's got three goals in the Europa League. So I mean, yeah, kid looks good. Yeah. Uh, as far as Chelsea goes, they have a look mm-hmm. at this as kind of a misstep because they looked like if a win here would have kind of really cemented them, at least for the time being, in that top four spot. Because Arsenal, of course, is one of those clubs that could really step up and 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 get into that spot. They're but uh, yeah. Uh, they're horrible. Jeez. And my question is, where's the defender? Um, where's the signings? I, I mean, honest, you can't just rely yeah. on Aubameyang and Lacazette to win every game for, for you. Real. Honestly, I don't think th- anything's going to change. Like, they're not going to get a defender until they get rid of that owner. I feel like that owner is like another, like, Bartomeu, like, 2.0. Like, this guy's an American investor, and he just wants to... He'd rather get money and then win games, right? And yeah. that's what happens when you have an American owner, right? Like, they don't have that passion for the game where they're like, you know what? I want to win games. He'd rather just sell players or win off jersey sales than win. And I think a lot of a lot of Arsenal fans see that, right? Like, Arteta's not going to be able to do anything until he has a whole transfer window of getting the players that he wants and players that fit his style. I don't agree with that. I mean, he's got that window right now. He should go out and sign somebody right now. But it's I don't like, care. If he's not doing it, then that's his fault. It's not, yeah, but it's it's like not who, all on the owners. The owners signed him. They, he probably had a conversation beforehand. If he yeah, didn't think that, that he was going to get the players he wanted, then he shouldn't have came to the club. I, I agree there. Done with that. I agree uh, Okay, other, other wares. Other wares. <laughs> Manchester City win against uh, Sheffield United. one nothing. Aguero got his 16th goal this season. He only sits one behind... Jamie Vardy now, who leads with 17. Uh, yeah, the guy is still absolutely unreal. Um, so for City, they've got 51 points. Pretty much cemented top four now, being that uh, Chelsea's in fourth with 39. Um, it doesn't look like anyone else is going to pass. 40 after the tie. Yeah, 40. Uh, it doesn't look like anybody else is going to pass that uh, at that point, really. Yeah. Uh, as far as this, the season goes for City in general, I mean, they've been decent in the league, but really their focus now should be on uh, the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I think that they really they have a good squad. They, there's no reason why they couldn't go far. Yeah. Um, other wares. I keep saying that. Other wares. <laughs> uh, Southampton 2, Crystal Palace nil. Southampton have been unreal. They've won uh, four out of their last five games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've really turned it around ever since that, really ever since that 8-0 loss to uh, to Leicester. And Danny Ings is looking world-class. Has 14 goals in the Premier League now. He's only three goals back of Verity for the lead. I mean, if Danny Ings wins the golden boot, I swear to God, I'll eat my shoe. <laughs> On live TV, I will. Um, Everton, Newcastle, 2-2. Two two. Um, did, you, did, did you hear about that game? Two post-90th-minute goals. Uh, Jordan Pickford is going to be murdered in his sleep tonight, I think. Yeah, he will be. Um, for Newcastle, not too bad. They haven't lost in five games. Uh, Everton, not so great. Two ties in a row. It doesn't look like Ancelotti's really having the same kind of impact as they thought. Um, the Liverpool versus United game was very interesting. Uh, it looked like Liverpool had 16 players in the field. I was going to call uh, the referees there and say, what's up with this? Um, but, of course, United, again, not uh, not all there. I don't think mentally or identically. Is that a word? 
but uh, Solskjaer is a joke. Is. Let's just say it is. And then for all you guys who want to hear me be sad about something, Tottenham are playing Norwich tomorrow. They're last place in the league, and we're probably going to tie one to one. And that'll be it. Fire Mourinho. I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's really not working with Mourinho over there, is it? Well, um, not yet. And it's been hard because, of course, the midfield is the backbone of the team, and we've had Mdombele not only out for a lot of the year, but kind of really hasn't really found his form yet. And then Sissoko's out until April. Kane is out until April. I mean, a top club should be able to survive these points where they have all these injuries without, yeah, you know, really taking honestly. this much of a misstep. And, of course, Mourinho is new. It's going to take time. We signed, well, we'll get into that later, signed Jensen Fernandez. But, yeah, this is a, this is a year of rebuild. This is a year I'm going to forget about. <laughs> this I'm, makes me want to get Raphael van der Vaart back, and that's really quite... Uh, that's, that says a lot. Quite a sad Are you time. sure you don't want Soldado? Oh, we'll take Bobby S. We'll take the entire uh, the Hateful Eight that we got from the Gareth Bale money. I'll take Nacer Chadley, give me Etienne Capoue. <laughs> Who else? I'll take Vlad Kirikas. <laughs> All the boys. It really do be like that. Hey, now, he's huh? pacey on FIFA, man. I swear. Oh. He's real good. <laughs> He's from Romania. He's real good. <laughs> well, like my thoughts with a lot of these teams, a lot of you guys have mentioned that they should be making these signings now. Yeah. I kind of go against that opinion because I feel January is a time where people make rash decisions. But, okay. And there's so many times that clubs make these signings, they splash that cash, and it's on a useless player. Yeah. You look at Inter. They're spending a ton of money on... Manchester United. Uh, I want to say a ton dispose. of money. It's, I mean, not a ton of money. Signing, Ashley, Young, Ashley Young is free. Um, after after the summer, Moises was like ten million, so it's not you know. I feel like a time a January transfer window is a time to sell more than anything. Yeah, especially if a player's a peak of a season's happening right now. Yeah, sell him now while you can, or even before you think he's gonna start crashing, sell him. So yeah. I'm gonna January. That goes in hand with what you said, right? Yeah. Like that's when teams make those rash decisions and just like you know what, we're desperate, we need something, and let's just go buy someone. I've seen a lot of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're if you get the right offer, sell your player. If you're not in the best spot, yeah, replace him with that money. It's that simple. Yeah, January is a good time to get a player in and then let them get the half a season. It's good. It's not to right the ship immediately, but t- t- for next season. You can give that player half a season if you're someone like Tottenham who or Arsenal mm-hmm. who aren't going to win any silverware this season anyway. Yeah. Get them in, give them half a season under their belt. Yeah, and it's like, let's be, uh, they're probably not even going to make European soccer right let's so like... uh let's take a step back there <laughs> i think tottenham will make top five you think so i am hopeful okay so that's a no i'm hopeful that's a no well, well, since, we, since we've already got on to the topic <laughs> let's shift to that uh to the january transfer window oh, i hate transfer news well this is the segment for you joshy <laughs> we got it all hyped up for you so what we're gonna do we're gonna Talk about some of the main transfers that have gone on. Holland! These opinionated lads are going to give, uh, well, you their opinion. And then we're going to vote and we're going to see uh, what the producer thinks hey, back yay, there. Yay. So first up on that list, Van de Beek. $55 million mm-hmm. from Ajax to Real Madrid. What are we thinking? Um, Actually, before we start with that, um, I just read um, Van de Beek just said there is nothing official with Real Madrid. So a lot of speculation. So apparently, maybe this could be like a future offer, or whatever. But right now, Van de Beek has said there's nothing official. 
just want to put that out there. But so you really just ruined our segment. I'm sorry. You couldn't, you couldn't say that till after the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I'm Anyways, kidding. but no. Let's say hypothetically he does go to to Real Madrid. What do you what do you guys think of the signing? What do you th- I'm honestly not a big fan. You're not a big fan? No, like... Why is that? Well, Cut it. Don't get me wrong, Van, Van de Beek looks like a nice player. Seven yeah. goals, four assists, and 17 games in the Everdeetse. I butchered uh, the uh, heck uh, out of that. Uh, oh, um, I, I butchered it too. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Thanks, Josh. You're welcome. He, he's a quality young player. We saw what he was capable of last year. Uh, Champions League play, he was really strong. But, I don't know, he's... Is he really fit? Yeah, I don't know, dude. He is might. He worth the money? I think he's like the screech of that group. Like you got Delit, he's the Kelly. You got uh, De Young. You got De Young, who's the uh, Zach, and then you got Screech. I don't. Are you guys all too young for Save by the Bell? You are I definitely. Am. Sorry, sir. I watch a bit of it because my brother. I didn't yeah. watch it. All right. Oh, cool. hopefully we got some Save by the Bell fans. Anyways, right anyways, anyways, anyways. <laughs> he's the Duff, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. I understand that, right? Yes. Default ugly fat friend. Right. <laughs> the other guys, maybe, I don't know, it kind of seemed like they made him look better. But he's a young talent. Yeah, he is. $55 million is a lot of money. Yes. But is it nowadays? No. <laughs> true, true. No. But 55 is still a lot. Yeah. 55, 55 is still 55. Remember back in the day when Real Madrid bought Zinedine Zidane for $50 million? <laughs> And now they got this lot? What a time, what a time. But I don't know. I... I for Ajax, they love the deal. I mean, it's fifty-five more million for the pocket. They'll probably just spend five million on the the youth oh, yeah. academy. Pocket the other fifty, probably renovate the stadium or whatever, whatever they do with that money. But I mean, they're not gonna miss them probably because they just keep they just keep generating youth, youth juvenile players. Like there's so many in that youth academy that have so much talent, so much promise, and we don't even know about them yet, which is insane. But yeah, like I don't know this team. This team's too good, and I don't think they're going to miss Van de Beek. Well, I don't know what, like, I don't know if this makes Real any better. Probably doesn't. Just, right, right now, anyway, definitely. Just a squad player, really, yeah, at this honestly. point. Yeah. If you're paying $50 million for a squad player, that's absurd. I'm are, they, sorry. are they thinking he's going to replace Modric? Because apparently Modric is going to enter Miami, right? So is that what they're expecting? Yeah, Modric out of is this? kind of done now, anyway. I yeah. mean, yeah, he could be. He could be a replacement for Modric in the long term. Yeah. But, but so for now, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I Medium. Don't, eh. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh I don't think it's that good. I, I think it's a waste of money oh, for a squad player. Okay. And it's a waste of uh, Van de Beek's career, really. Oh. He's a young. I, I don't like when the young players go to Real Madrid or Barcelona. Yeah, I agree. It's, unless, unless, you're they're up, unless you're going up through the academy ranks, don't go to any of those teams. Go yeah. to smaller teams and make your progress. All right. I agree. Okay. Fair enough. Next. Fair enough. Next on the list. A man uh, formerly very dear and near to Josh Piercy's heart. Aww. Mr. Christian Erickson. Don't do it to me. I know. <laughs> Don't. So, um, Kate, before what, we start, Josh, what's the price for Christian Erickson? Christian Erickson is looking to go for about $15 million. Oh, my that's, God. That's an add on to everything. I don't, even, I don't even think it's that much. Uh, anyway, horrible. <laughs> I hate that he's going for that. But. If I can say one thing, spending years watching Christian Eriksen, it's sad to see the way he's playing at Tottenham right now. I don't think he gives, he doesn't care at all. Uh, and he's a generational talent as far as uh, attacking midfielders go. I hope that he goes to enter and he refines his form and he re- refines his love for the game because clearly he's lost it. If he goes there and plays like he has on Tottenham in the past, uh, I think he's the piece that Inter need if they ever want to win the title. Yeah. I 
Giannis kind of is the uh, he's one of the yeah, last pieces I, of that team. He's an incredible player. There's, I, there's no hate on what you just said. Don no. Erickson's a great player. I love him, but I don't know how he's going to work in Conte's system. I really oh, don't, because yeah. Conte plays with three flat center mids. He doesn't play with one attacking, one mid. He likes his box to box. So unless Conte kind of changes tactics yeah. up here, yeah, it could go on, Josh. Conte, uh, if I'm not wrong, kind of plays a pressing system, right? Yeah. It's the exact same system that Christian Eriksen flourished in in the years that Pochettino made second place uh, and third place. For, okay, okay. Screw my knowledge, right? <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's... Conte likes hardworking players. And I, I, from what I've seen, Eriksen's a great player, but is he hardworking in that? Like, you know I understand what, I mean? what you mean by that. He's not going to put a tackle in every game. But the thing that the thing about Erickson is he has his, he has this uncanny ability to just pick out a pass no matter where he is on the pitch. He doesn't need to be exactly where he needs to be. He can pick out a pass either way. Yeah, he's a free kick specialist. Um, I think he just brings so many different. Uh, I know what you mean by whether or not he fits in. Yeah, listen, he's a superstar. I yeah. don't think if he if, if Do it I'm, doesn't fit in, then you got to switch it up. You can't go wrong for fifteen million. No. Yeah, Christian honestly, Erickson. Christian Erickson? So, honestly, I'm gonna have to give that a. <laughs> That this is a great signing, man. I agree. If they and he's pushing for the signing, so you know it's gonna happen eventually. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's um, just how much it's gonna be, right? I think that's what it all comes down to. I I think he'll sign in the next few days. To be completely honest with I, you, I agree. But yeah, yeah, no, it's a, a quality signing. I'm I reluctantly like it. <laughs> um, not for my club. Yeah. But I think he is perfect for those two strikers. Yeah. They need service, and he is just gonna. Be dishing them out, yeah. and it gives something different to the squad because they they play that long ball style of footy, right? So maybe Christian Eriksen is going to give that new dynamic that the team needs, and it keeps other teams unease, right? So he definitely will. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. On to the, uh, the the scariest looking goal scoring machine, Holland, out there. Well, I guess and I don't even need to say his name. Just went through the roof, man. <laughs> Sorry, so guys. Erling Holland uh, broke my heart. And decide to go to Borussia Dortmund instead of Juve. Not everyone's gonna go to Juve. Sorry, yeah, buddy. well, you know, a little breaking news. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> um, so he had quite the debut. I love Holland. three goals in what was it? Twenty, 20, mi- 20 minutes. Some, I believe it was twenty-two. It was low twenties or twenty on the dot. So how about I put this in this type of context? In like twenty-something minutes, Holland scored more goals than Yao Felix. Then Yao Felix, stop Yow staking Felix. my points, boy. <laughs> yeah. And that kid was, what, $160 million? Yeah. And, <laughs> and Holland was 20 <laughs> And Holland was $20 million. Yeah. I love Holland. That's I good love business. Early. Yeah. I don't, do we need to even discuss this? Well, I think this is a so... Well, I'll do it one more time. Like it. Give it to me. That's it. That's it right there. The kid loves debuts, of course. I'm so glad he decided to go to Dortmund and not Thank one of the you. big clubs. I agree. They're one of the best clubs in the world at nurturing young talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen it with you know Sancho, obviously. Usman Dembele. Yeah, Usman Dembele, Lewandowski back in the day. And, uh, yeah, they're even making, like, San- Sancho's making a comeback. He has nine goals and six yeah. assists in his last nine games. This guy's incredible. I, th- I think that Holland could be the piece that puts Dortmund back in the t- in the picture for the title this year. Yes. And yeah, dude, it's just incredible. And, and I feel like they're going to keep this nucleus. I don't I don't I think this is a different situation of where they're going to be like, you know what, we're going to sell them. I, I don't think so. I think they're actually going to keep this nucleus and grow with them and hopefully they'll buy players that can they can build around with these players, right? Yeah, another thing so. we need to remember, even if he spends 4 years there when he leaves, he'll be 22. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> is insane. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. But no, I love the signing. I love me some Erling. But the the good thing too is like Erling's gonna be fresh, right? Because 
remember, Erling can't play in the Champions League this year because he played in the Champions League with Salzburg. So it's going to keep him fresh for the whole for the whole Bundesliga season. And the Bundesliga season is really, really tight right now. Yeah. Only, only seven <clears throat> points difference, if I'm not mistaken. Bayern's four points back in second place. Exactly. And then I think Dortmund's fourth with 33, and then Leipzig has 40. So, I mean, it's really close. Anything can go right now. And Bayern still has European football, but Dortmund doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be impressive. We're all in a. Who's uh, next? We're all in agreement. That's I know. so rare. Yeah, this it. is weird. I, I hate like, this. I don't like it. Right. I don't like it either. So we got one of the Fernandez lads coming up. Oh, which one? Uh, is it Jettison? Gettison? Jetson Fernandez. Yeah, Bruno, Bruno's still at uh, Sporting. Hedson. So let's go with Jetson. Fernandez. Is yeah. he a savior, Josh? Or is he. Uh, uh, I think everyone's making a bigger deal out of this transfer than there needs to be. He's a guy from Benfica. You know, he hasn't really got any real numbers to, to back him up. Um, but he's you know he's a 21 year old kid. He's got decent stature, uh, from what I've seen. Uh, he could be okay, but I don't think it's any kind of real big deal. It, I mean, mo- it's mostly because Sissoko's out for so long, and, mm-hmm. and Dumbele's out for so long, and we've yet to see how good Lacelso is, and Erickson's leaving. So I mean, if you don't bring somebody in, you're in trouble. We're left with freaking Oliver Skip and Harry Winks playing like. Like we said, it's a it's a Every desperation week. move at this time. It's just desperation. But what I will say is, it's not a desperation move. I, we needed a midfielder anyway, and he yeah. he kind of looks and he's Portuguese. And he's got that that Mourinho. <laughs> he's got that Mourinho link. Mourinho flair. Maybe Mourinho knows more than I do. That's true. Well, what I find really interesting is Fernandez was really hyped up about a year ago. Yeah, a year he was. year and a half. Like he was seen in the Benfica academy as just as high as Yao Felix. Mm-hmm. And then his stock plummeted. Um, I think people th- thought he was more of an uh, offensive threat. He's kind of proved to be more of that box-to-box midfielder. Right. Which, with it's, all the injury issues fine. Tottenham's dealt with this year. Yeah, it's what we need. I yeah. like the signing. I, don't, I think it's. I, it could be a big hit or miss. It depends on how he obviously grows into what type of player he is. But I, I think it's just a safe signing for... Tottenham at this point. Josh, how much was it? How much was the the transfer for? Well, it's an eighteen month loan with uh, I don't even with know. an option to buy. Option to buy. I think, okay. I think it's at. Uh, if it's an eighteen month it's, loan, I think it's, it's at thirty. It's not the worst. Somewhere between thirty and. 50. I'm gonna have to rank this one. And sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. I, I concur. Yeah, I think that's fair. All I can everyone agree with me there. Yeah, I agree with that. But all I can say is that Benfica is the best at doing business. They they over they over exaggerate the price. They them go, in Porto. Yeah, like they over-exaggerate the price and they actually get the prices. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, how do they do this? And then there's other clubs that undervalue their players. And then, I don't know, just all I know is Benfica is one of the best negotiators and one of the best sellers when it comes to their players. Yo, they hustles out here, bro. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yo, that's a good yeah, shout. Yeah, what up, poop? Yeah. What up, poop? <laughs> I <right>. missed that. <laughs> Next. Next up, the only living legend on this list. Obra? Oh, <laughs> Everyone's, not taking, everyone's taking Kurt Sunder right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was I right? I have no yes. idea. We should start playing guess the player. You guys need to settle down. <laughs> okay. Let the host run the ship. So yes, no. Benora. It's Ibrahimovic. Uh, two, 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 two. Oh, uh, that was pretty dope. That was pretty dope. <laughs> I'll uh, DJ Mikey B. <laughs> you, you. Right. I'll let you get away with your previous transgressions simply because of that. Um, so yeah, no, Ibra has looked really good. He hasn't looked ancient. 
I'll admit, wait, 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 when he wait, arrived wait. for his medicals, I thought he was going to fail and put him in a museum. Legit. <laughs> 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 like, I was scared. Like, was he a, looked a little old. He looked, he looked like brittle. He, he looked like he went out to Los Angeles, yes. partied a little bit, enjoyed himself, hey, yeah, yeah. and uh, came back about 10 years older. But he's proved he's still good on the he's pitch. still got it. I don't know how he does it, what he does. All I know is he's, he's still he's still balling. And so I, I watched... Obviously, Milan fan. I watch every game. Um, he he's not the same Ebro, obviously, than he was a few like five, ten years ago. Obviously, obviously, but, but um, he's brought so much more to the locker room than he has on the field. To yeah, be leadership qualities. It's not even leadership. That guy wants to win, and I yeah, think that's what was that lacking. Milan didn't have that true champion in that the dressing true. room. I can see where you come. Like from. I think the only guy that really led the Milan dressing room was Pepperena. Yeah. And do you really want that guy leading that being the lead figure? Like he's a great goalie, don't get me wrong. He was a great goalie, but you want a real champion in there. Mm-hmm. And Ibra's brought a new confidence. He switched up this team. The team's playing with so much more confidence, a new formation now because of him. And he he's I love him there. I'm having a great time watching him. Can I say something? Yeah. I think that this signing shows how far Milan's recruiting is from where it needs to be. Oh yeah. Remember when Mario Götze went back to Dortmund a few years ago for no reason other than the fact that uh, he used to play there? Yeah. I think this is the same thing. I understand this whole championship uh, mentality and what Eber brings to the locker room, but does he? Eber is a douche. Are you, sh- like, are uh, you kidding me? He's a massive douche. I, I, I don't well, think I, he brings much well, to the locker I mean, room. I mean, we, we see that from a t- TV personality exactly, standpoint, exactly. but we don't know what happens behind the doors. I think Eber is right? one of the I, only guys where he can be completely um, transparent and say we know exactly I, what he I've, like. I've watched a couple of interviews. I like that. I like that. T- to be fair, these guys could be lying because they don't want to say he's a dick or anything, but True. Rafael Liao... Ant Rabbit have all came out, just strikers, and they have came out and said, Ibra has been amazing to us. He has been speaking to us. He has been helping us out in training. And you could see it on the field. Liao is starting more, and he's looked amazing out there. And then Rebic scored two goals last game. You could tell this guy has an influence on those type of players. Rebic is world class. Okay, I'm going to have a couple comments here. (laughs) One, if I was Liao and Rebic, would you dare talk shit about Ibrahimovic when he's in your dressing room? True. You would not. True. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't. And you're, but... say, you're saying he's, you know, they're playing really well. Well, yeah, I would also be playing super well if I was terrified that Papa Ibra was going to kick my but, ass after the game. But another thing, too, is like they don't, ha- they didn't have to say that. You know what I mean? They could yeah. just be like, like he could've, they could have been like, yeah, he brings goals, this and that, and just stick to his play. But he's talking like behind the doors. Because I believe the question that Rebridge was asked... It wasn't about directly about Ibra. He's like, what has the team done lately that's really helped, like getting the wins, getting the results you guys want? He's like, we just have a winning mentality now, and you know, we come into here and we've been taught a few things from a few different players. Even um, the signing of the Danish center back Kajir. Oh, I like He's an experienced guy. Thank you for. I I totally blew it. He's a pretty experienced guy. He's been in a few leagues now. He's, he's been helping out for a while. Yeah, he's helping out Romanoli. He's helping out um, Gabia now, a young Italian center back. And yeah. I, just those type of signings, I feel like it's helping Milan in the place they are right now. Obviously, it's not the best signings, but it's moving up. All right, and finally, to close it out, we have a young player that at one point was seen super talented. Chicharito. Nope. <laughs> Guys, I swear to God. I tried. <laughs> Potentially the next Busquets. Ricky Puig. Nope. Damn it. Nope. But now he's he's dropping down. He's just a goon. 
Mr. Julian Huigel. Oh, Huigel. Speaking of Benfica and speaking of Borussia Dortmund, he has left Borussia Dortmund and he's gone to Portugal, which it, to me is a backwards move. Is it? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't playing well at Dortmund, so maybe Benfica could rejuvenate his career and then maybe sell him for $130 million like they always do. <laughs> so <laughs> who really knows, but maybe it's more of a, you know, just trying to get my career back on track and just see what could, could go from there. I don't know. I think it's a genius move for him and his entire team. Why do you think that, sir? Julian Vigo was a guy who wasn't really getting the minutes that he um, deserved in in uh, Dortmund right now. And Benfica is a team that's in the Champions League yeah. every, every year. I mean, I it's agree. not like he's going to be getting bad minutes. He's going to mm-hmm. be getting good playing time. He's going to get the chance, the opportunity to show everyone what he's, all, what he's made of again. I mean, uh, the only other thing that he could do, uh, I mean, going to Portugal... And playing at Benfica, I mean, Benfica is a prestigious club. Yeah. If not Portugal, then it seems like the only the, uh, the only other kind of move I can see him going to is Premier League, go to a team like Crystal Palace or something, and you're always going to fail there. Yeah. But, a, but at, in Portugal, at Benfica, you have a chance. You're playing around a group of players who are miles better than a lot of the teams in the league. You're going to look really good. You're going to get and they your win titles. You're going to find your form, and they win titles. They yeah, win a title every not. year. They win. They play cup competitions. For him, I think it's a good. It's a good move. I, wow, I Josh. Josh, I agree completely with you, except the Dorman statement that you made that he didn't get the time there that he deserved. Dorman would feel the player if he deserved the time. Dorman like to give young players chances. They like to give their own players chances. He, I believe, he came up for the system. Yep. I feel like everything else you said was correct. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like. If he played the way he was supposed to be, then he would have got the time there. No, I think you're right. That's that's the only thing I disagree with. Why are you agreeing with him? Yo, stand up for your words, man. Go, man, back off, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You gonna let him regulate you like that? So let's say this is a... Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Uh, Yeah, I agree. No, (laughs) to me it's a C. Toss up. All right, now we're we're gonna finally put Josh out of his misery with one last transfer name. Coutinho? (laughs) <laughs> Another Fernandez, but not one going to London. Oh. One going to Manchester, supposedly. Not done deal yet. But Bruno Fernandez from Sporting to United. Not happening. I don't know. When is this going to happen? Like, I feel like Fernandez has been sitting in a hotel for three years. Like, yo, who's going to pick me up? Yeah. He's just waiting for Ed Woodward to come pick him up. And he's like, Ed, hey, where are you? Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, leave, this has been happening. I've, I've swear I've seen Manchester United tweets that said Manchester United close to Bruno Fernandes signing should be completed in the next 48 hours. It's like Na- over the past three, two, two years. I would it's, say three. it's like the Neymar transfer all over again, right? Where they're just like, yeah, it's done, it's done, it's done, and then everyone just wants to be the first one to announce that it was a done deal, right? But it's not gonna happen. And um, I and I feel bad for the lad. He's I think he's a little bit too good to be in Sporting. Maybe so. I don't know. Hopefully a team will pick him up soon. John Luca Di Mazzario is gonna break the news. I'm calling it first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't Ray Hudson. If he's gonna go, it's probably gonna be now. Like. I, I can see them completing the transfer, but I don't think it does anything. I mean, this, I mean Manchester is in shambles. I don't oh, know yeah. see why you'd want to go there and completely ruin your career. I mean, you've seen Fred come in. Fred was a good player beforehand. He's a piece of garbage now. I wouldn't even have him on. Yeah, but I mean, they're still, they're, they're still in a European position at the end of the day. So it's Yeah, like, dude. No, they're not because Tottenham's going to finish fifth. Uh, I disagree. Can I say something about what I was going to say? Ibrahimovic, because... Because you've defended yourself, and I think it's BS. Ibrahimovic going back to Milan is like if Manchester United signed Wayne Rooney to come back for another year because he's a good guy to have in the locker room. 
Oh my god. What is he, 48 years Absolutely old? Jimmy ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't disagree with that. It's a veteran player coming back to his former club. That's what it is. But Rooney did have a way bigger effect than Ibra did have at Milan. The best transfer this transfer window is Chicharito going to LA Galaxy. No cap. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. What? No. Come on, man. Come on. Will you stop talking about tennis oh. and stupid Hollywood hackers, Phil? All right. Let's, All let's right, move Before on. we let the show get off the tracks, let's move into our final segment. Okay. So with the 2020s upon us, Ooh. instead of talking about some old geezer who dominated the 2010s, let's look forward and see who we think is going to be the greatest player of this decade. Chicharito. I'll, I'll start us <laughs> off here because I'm going to do mine quick. Okay, right, Benara, since you've led it off. Uh, I'm going to say Sandro Tonelli. I think he's going to dominate the midfield sector of this upcoming decade. I, well, uh, let's hear it, Justin. Let's hear it. Because he's not from Barcelona. He's not Spanish. Like, come on, man. Seriously? This guy, he's going to be a great box to box midfielder. He could play. He's a great passer. I just think he's going to be the next big thing. I'm going to go with a little underrated one here. And I'm, I'm only saying this. Another Italian. It is an Italian. Oh. And it's a son of one of the best players of all time. Daniel Maldini. Okay. And I'm going to say that because I watched him in the preseason this year. He's 17. You got to remember that. Yeah, no. 17. He played against Bayern Munich. He looked very calm on the ball for a 17-year-old. He looked very. He's a attacking midfielder and a winger. Mm-hmm. So opposite field of his dad and his grandfather. But um, he I've... He's gonna be. I feel like he's gonna be a key piece of Milan in the future, mm-hmm. going forward. I I feel like he's gonna be a great playmaker, and just watching him in Bayern, he created a few chances for our teammates. They couldn't finish it off because at the time it was uh, Piontek up there. <laughs> but uh, no, I think he's gonna be a great figure for Italian soccer and soccer overall in the future. I thought you were gonna be quick. <laughs> that, that was pretty quick, if you ask me. All right, Piercy, what are you thinking? Myself, hey. Uh, I, I'm gonna go just with the clear choice. I mean, it's it's gonna be Mbappe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, obviously. I think that the 2020s are gonna be interesting because we don't really have. I mean, in two or three years, we won't have Messi anymore. We already kind of don't have Ronaldo uh, as you know one of the goats. Of course, he's one of the greatest of all time. Eleven goals in his last seven games. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that's I'm not I'm not saying that, but I'm saying for just overall, there's gonna be guys who are gonna outshine him in the, in the next two years. Yeah. Um. But it's going to be interesting because I don't think there's as clear of a choice for, you know, the Ballon d'Or candidate, the greatest mm-hmm. in the world candidates. But it's up in the air between a couple of guys. You know, there's a couple of young Which guys is fun. in the ether now. Yeah. Uh, It'd be nice to see. Yeah. It's going to be Mbappe. And if he doesn't win three Ballon d'Ors in this in this decade, I'll, I'll be very, very, I think very he, surprised. I agree. If he doesn't win three, I think his career is considered as a failure. There's a chance that know, he wins another promising. World Cup. He could yeah. win another World Cup right after this one. Maybe he'll break the Pele record. Who knows? Yeah, he's unreal. Yeah. Does there you're gonna win the World Cup? My turn. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the little underrated pick. I think this guy's gonna be the next Sergio Busquets type player. So I'm gonna, I know this is Barcelona, but you know, just hear me out, guys. Hear me out. I think uh, Ricky Puig is gonna be the next guy. But the only reason why I think that now, okay, yeah, hear me out, 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 hear me out. The only reason why I think this 
is because, you know, Valverde's not there no more. If Valverde was there, then I think he would have been the next Sergi Samper, gone to Japan, not fit the style of soccer, and just become another player of what-ifs, what, you know what I mean? But now that he's under this Kike Setien, you know, and then Busquets also kind of grooming him to become that next type of player, I think that's going to be beneficial. But yeah, I just didn't want to go with someone who's like, clear-cut choice. So yeah, I think Ricky Puig's going to be great. Yeah, you're a hipster. Thank you. <laughs> True that dog. Alrighty, and I guess I'll close it out, and uh, let's go with a little Canadian flavor. Oh, Jonathan David. No. Oh, can you stop cutting him off? <laughs> it's like, hurting my feelings. Christ. <laughs> Alfonso Davies. No, Tyler Adams. I swear to God. Okay, Justin, your spot's in jeopardy right now on this podcast. Yeah, you do realize. you do realize as the host, I control your access. Actually, no. I got Benora. He supports <laughs> I'm me. I'm the dangerous yeah, guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm on Kurt's side right here. So you watch out there, little Such. We love you. We really do. But you're on thin ice. So, um, yeah, Alfonso Davies having a great year with Bayern Munich, which I don't think a lot of people expected. I think yeah. a lot of pundits would have said, yeah, they signed him, but they definitely sent him on loan. Like, there was no chance he was going to be playing first-team football because, mm-hmm. after all, he's a Canadian and who succeeds in Europe. But he has. He's been really impressive. I know he's only got one goal, two assists, but he's played great wing back. He's actually been quite the surprise there. And I think the offense is going to start coming because I think he's got a similar trajectory to Gareth Bale. When you start out as a wing back, oh. you learn the game, and then he's got all the pace and all the finish. He's so talented, right? Move him up in the lineup over time. I like that comparison. I don't give you enough credit, Kurt, but that was an amazing analogy right yeah. there. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate someone bringing up Bale. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Bayern will sell them, and then as you said, as you've experienced, why, they'll huh? just uh, they'll just buy eight scrubs to replace them. Oh God! <laughs> why are you bringing this back to me? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> now before we uh, close off today's show, I just want to give all the gentlemen a, la- a last chance to voice anything they want to before next week. And before the lights go off, uh, did it yeah. go off again? I'm uh, I'm very excited about the uh, the new season of the podcast, guys. I have to say, very 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 excited. <laughs> yeah, yes. missed you guys over the break. I yes. missed you tremendously. Yes. Um, if you haven't, us or me? If you do listen to the podcast and you haven't yet, um, follow us on Instagram. Although I just thought. I'm going to have to change the name, aren't I? Yes. Yeah, we got to do the full rebranding. So. All right, we'll, we'll get back to you on that one, folks. It should be relegation zone pod. I'll put it in the bio. Should. We'll put yeah. it in the bio. Check the bio. Check the bio, bro. The <laughs> biography. And then, uh, Benor, where, uh, where can these fine folks find us? As always, Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, and you can find us on Anchor, the site we upload it on. We yeah. got a few viewers, uh, listeners coming from there now. So. Ooh. Now, from, from the rebranding. Will they search the relegation zone or will they search CSMFC? We don't want them lost. The relegation zone. We need all of our listeners to find the damn show. Yeah, we're, uh, we're disattaching ourselves from our school. Zone. Just in case we want to do this in the future, past school, we're going to go into the relegation zone. That's how they will find us. Cool. Alrighty. Cool, cool. Dope. Also, um, guys, I want to apologize. I was over hyper today. Did you not have your ADD? Uh, <laughs> I, did not, I did not. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm gonna give it off to Kurt. Um, also, I want to. Oh, before, before yo, um, go follow me on Instagram, Teensy TV. Stay in your lane. Sorry, guys. I, I just, <laughs> guys, I'm, yo, come on.
now, man. Anyway, so follow me on Tincito TV. Watch my IGTV videos. Season, thank you. That's right. Give it off to Kurt. Go, Kurt. <laughs> well, that was a beautiful plug. Thank you. Um, unscripted, unwanted, but we, we appreciate you. All right, everyone. Until next week, I've been your host, Kurt Black. It's been found. Take care. <laughs>